This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matutuk, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. And welcome back to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. My name is Andrew Simmons. I am here today with, well, nobody, because Josh is having a busy day this week. And I just wanted to take the time to, since we weren't going to be doing an episode together, uh, to just do a solo episode and talk about something I think is super important. I made a post about this on Instagram probably a couple weeks back, um, and it was about Uh, working faster in any DAW. Now, for those that don't know, a DAW is a digital audio workstation. If you need to know more information about like what this looks like or anything like that, uh, episode two of the podcast, me and Josh actually do a really long two-hour deep dive into a bunch of digital audio workstations or DAWs uh, as they're commonly known. And so you can kind of help, it kind of helps you guys choose what maybe the best option for you is in that. But regardless, I digress. I made a post a couple weeks back uh, talking about how to work faster in every doll. And I just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive episode on those four points that I posted about. So this episode is going to be the four ways to make you faster in your DAW quick. So number one, learn shortcuts. This is huge. And you might think that, you know, obviously learn shortcuts there. I can honestly say that learning shortcuts for your, for your DAW, especially, so I'm going to reference Ableton a lot for me because it's the thing I work the quickest in. Um, But especially for things like Pro Tools, Logic, uh, if you're editing video for anything, especially um, being able to work with both of your hands without having to go menu diving for specific options is a huge time saver. Now, if you need to know what a shortcut is, I would recommend anytime you find yourself going and clicking in the menu and trying to find something that you may not use a lot, uh, but you see yourself start doing that over and over again, maybe, you know, if you do it more than three to five times uh, while you're doing a specific task, grab something like a note piece of notebook paper or like a notepad uh, or a pen, or maybe even just like start a new note in your phone somewhere and write that down. Uh, Kind of go see what the shortcut is. If it has one, obviously some things don't have shortcuts, but if it has a shortcut option, uh, go find out what it is and then write down next to uh, it, you know, what the, a thing is that you're doing and then what the shortcut is in your note or in that note that you can keep. I would honestly highly recommend keeping it on something physical like a notebook or uh, some sort of notepad. I have a back here, I have a little sticky note thing that I keep next to my desk uh, with a pen. And that helps me if I need to write something down quickly or if I need to keep uh, notes next to me, I keep it right there so I can grab quickly grab it. So I would actually recommend 
keeping something like that near you so that you can quickly write it down, whatever it is, and then you can just sticky note it right next to you. So that that way, anytime it's something that you tend to do a lot, you can, instead of having to go menu diving, you can just reference the sticky note that's right there next to you until you completely memorize what that is. And then after a while, you know, you can just mark that out or whatever uh, and do that with a bunch of different things. And you'll see that you can work a lot faster. This especially helps when it comes to things like drum editing or uh, vocal editing, or if you're doing something like a tab to, like learning to do uh, tab to transient, like guitar editing, or if you're, especially in video editing, like it's super crucial, all of your tools you can access via uh, shortcuts. Um, the same for audio editing. You can, a lot of your tools, scrub tools and things like that, you can access via your shortcuts. Um, go to end, go to beginning, go to next block, mutes, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a big deal. I personally think it's a big deal that it's something that you can shorten the amount of time it takes you to do a task. I know for uh, my friends that do a lot of drum editing for me, that when they'd started doing this, it almost cut their time in half with how much how much time uh, learning and memorizing these shortcuts and making it second nature just saved them that much time. Uh, and then same for vocal editing. It's, you know, it, I would argue it's a little less time consuming, uh, but then drum editing, because there's so many things that you can, you have to do in drum editing with vocal editing. It's a lot of just fine tuning inside software uh, with with drum editing, there's definitely a lot more. But I do know with vocal editing, uh, I've had talks with people that have said learning, memorizing shortcuts on certain things that you can do, especially when you're doing things like time aligning vocals or trying to get a main vocal to sit in a pocket somewhere. Uh, it is very helpful to have those shortcuts ready to go so that you can quickly move through the session and not have to really think about anything. And, you know, your hands are moving at as fast as you can think of the idea of, oh, I should move that. And your hands are already doing it instead of you having to go, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, command this maybe, or uh, I go to edit and then I go to here. Yeah. Instead of doing all that, you just know what it is. Um, so that's number one, learn shortcuts. Uh, regardless of DAW, that is extremely helpful. Number two, uh, this is something that I, different dolls are starting to integrate a lot more. I think it's something super simple that you may not even think about. Uh, Ableton has this, Cubase has this. I want to say that you can set it up in Reaper and I believe you can set it up in Studio One as well. I'm not a hundred percent sure about logic and in pro tools you can't do this but there's some workarounds for that but that is setting up a favorites folder for your samples so this is primarily towards your songwriters and your producers right so if you are a person that uses a lot of samples in the creation of your songs or if you're making beats for people or um, doing some post-production work or things like that where you're using a lot of risers and impacts and 808s for heavier music or um, like as far as impact 808s or 
if you're using a lot of um, kicks and snares for more of your hip hop based producers or pop based producers, the the favorites folder is will save you so much time because at least for what I have, I have uh, Ableton and I believe Cubase and I want to say Studio One have a little bin on the left side that you can quickly access and you can save all of your favorites of certain things in. So for instance, I have um, a samples specific folder inside of Ableton where I go in and have all of the samples that I use regularly. You could even break that down even more and go, here are all my kicks that I really like. Here are my favorite snares. Here are my favorite like hi-hat sounds or some hi-hat loops that I really like. Here are some favorite uh, guitar loops or melody things or some one shots that you can generally turn into like different sounds as far as chords or lead lines or things like that. And having those separated out and not having to go deep diving into your sample library and searching for five minutes to find the right kick and just hitting down, 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 down. It creates a much shorter list for you to go through for something that generally works for you and might fit into the song a lot better. I think that this will save you a lot of time and just getting distracted as well. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have a ton of samples. Uh, I get new samples all the time. Sometimes I'll go, and this has actually happened to me a good times more recently, where I'll go somewhere like Splice to uh, go find a new sample. And I'll find a sample that, you know, I I really like and I go to download it and I already have it. And I was like, oh, well, dang. So then I just go find it and throw it in. But that happens a lot less as more recently when I started utilizing my favorites folders a lot more. The other thing that I do, and this is specific to Ableton, I want to say that you can do this in some others, but specific to Ableton you can, on the left side, create a folder for your plugins, which is great. So I have um, all of my favorite synths that I generally use, quick access on the left side. And then in another folder, I have all of my favorite drum plugins or like uh, like samplers or my favorite kits that I use. I use uh, the Room Sound Bober Shell Kit a whole lot. I use the... Uh, Get good drums, modern and massive drum kit, a whole lot. Uh, depends on the style, but I use those a lot. So I have my contact uh, plugin in that folder, as well as in my keys folder. So they're like for different reasons, but you know, just so mentally I know when I'm I click on one thing and I can look. I don't have to go to the drums thing to get to my synth stuff. It's just a separation of stuff for me helps a lot. And then I also have all of my mixing plugins in one folder, all of the ones that are normally used. So like my Fab Filter EQ, my favorite compressors. I have a 2A and a 76. Uh, and then I have uh, some limiters in there. I have my Ozone um, Spectral Shaper and uh, my Ozone, like full Ozone 9 mastering like setup that I have uh, in there. And then also a couple of other EQs, a couple of things that I tend to lean towards for certain instruments, whether it's like acoustic or vocals and things like that. But I also have a vocals uh, section with things like my Melodyne, uh, Autotune, 
uh, things like a uh, little altar boy, uh, some doublers. Sometimes those are coming really handy when you only have a mono track and you need to make it, you know, spread it out a little bit to get around a lead vocal. So I keep those in there. Things that otherwise I have to kind of go menu diving for. Keeps it all in one spot. And I don't have to really worry about getting lost in finding a bunch of other stuff and then uh, getting distracted by other plugins and things like that. Um, so, yeah, favorites folders, I think, is really, really awesome. A way to do this for you Pro Tools users or maybe your DAW doesn't have this option built into it. Um, you can just do this inside of, if you're an Apple user, you can do this inside of your Finder window. Uh, they have the option to do that, like make some favorites lists on the left side. And you can just, you know, color code them based on what it is. That's kind of cool, at least for samples. You can't really do that with plugins as much. But um, with uh, Pro Tools, you can make a favorites list inside of your drop down menu. Uh, if you hit command when you click on something, it will put it on the top of the list uh, above. So if you if you click on it and you go to plugins and then if where normally it would show you like all of your different types of plugins, whether that's EQ or compression or dynamic stuff or all that kind of thing above that list will be the ones that you've command clicked to save as your quick access favorites. Uh, I figured that out on accident one time. And honestly, it's been a huge time saver for me because I mainly mix and edit in Pro Tools. So I don't do a lot of creation in Pro Tools. Uh, I have most of my like go-to mixing things that I don't have on my template in there. And a few that I do have on my template there just in case I may need to use it somewhere else that's not on my template. So that is one way to do as far as the mixing and plugins side of things. But then as far as the samples go, you can, like I said, you can do it in the finder window. If you use a lot of splice stuff specifically, I would act, I've actually been really loving using the Splice app a lot. Uh, so when you download stuff from Splice, you get a Splice application that runs inside your computer. You can pull it up and you can actually save your favorite. You can actually like them, uh, like the whatever sample inside the inside the window, and it'll save it in a section called likes, which is super cool because then. You can just filter based on whatever you need. You can filter based on kicks, snares, uh, melody loops, percussion loops. You can literally just go to the filter, type in kick, and it'll give you all the things with kick in the name, which will be the majority of the things that are actually kicks. Uh, and it'll also give you stuff that say no kick in it, which is also pretty helpful because you can just type in no kick and then find like tops, you know, like percussion loops or things with like hi-hats and snares, but no kick. So you can change the kick pattern, whatever you want it to be. Um, so yeah, I, that's probably your workaround as far as the sample based one, either the finder window or the splice, uh, application window. For those of you that do have it, just, I would recommend using it inside your DAW. It's just a lot quicker. The less you leave your DAW, the less you get, <laughs> the less, honestly, the less you get distracted by other stuff. Um, so yeah, that's number two, using favorite samples folders or favorites folders kind of in general. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about a great company called That Pinch. Have you ever had some leftover song ideas you just didn't know what to do with? Or maybe you needed to flex that writing muscle, but you still need to get paid. 
enter that pitch. A sync licensing company that pitches your productions directly to their exclusive list of clients. That pitch has already paid out over $120,000 to its members since October of 2020. They provide production advice, business training, and other resources to make your songs better. Go to thatpitch.com to sign up and use the code HANGOUT for 20% off your monthly or yearly subscription. Uh, on to number three. Number three, and I mentioned this a second ago, using starter templates. Now, we've kind of, me and Josh kind of talked about this on another episode uh, when we talked about how to not use a template. Um, and I think that one's been out already, but it may not have, it may be in a, it may have been in a conversation with somebody, but templates are great. Templates are really cool. They can also kind of get in the way. So let's kind of talk about the negative side and then talk about how I, me and Josh kind of approach our quote unquote template starter template is what I like to call it. Templates can, especially mixed templates, being used for speed can get you, one, locked into a sound that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. So, you you know, it's kind of fitting a a square peg in a round hole. It kind of comes into that situation where you're trying to make a thing that, that needs to sound a certain way, sound a completely different way. Uh, so... Uh, for instance, it's like when you get a pop song, but you have a template set up, you know, your generic mixing template and your generic mixing template is set up for more rock oriented stuff. It's not really going to work that great. Um, you could have separate templates, I guess, uh, if you wanted to like have genre specific templates that works. But like I tend to use the same stuff on all of those. So it would be a little bit redundant for me. The way I would say approaching it is have a template, have it very generic, maybe have a couple things preset as far as like, you know, you're always going to cut, you're always going to use like a high pass on your vocals or on some guitars. And you can like preset those at least a little bit, maybe up to like 50 or 60 or something. Uh, just cutting off everything below like probably 60 and then, or like 70, honestly, like 70 and below on guitar and vocals. Yeah. You can just get rid of that junk. Uh, And you can go ahead and set up a lot of different, you know, have your verbs preset, have some delays ready to go. Uh, As far as auxiliary sends, have everything pre-routed because honestly that takes the most amount of time. And then once you get all of that stuff done on like bypass everything, so that that way, when you start putting stuff in, you can get everything set up raw. And then once you start going piece by piece, you can you can um, activate the plugins as you go and see how they affect the sound and whether you like it or not. Instead of you dropping whatever it might be onto an already set up template, and then you're just starting, that's your starting point. You know, referencing what the original sound and the original intent of each thing is, is extremely important, especially when you're talking about mixing. Now, another way that you could do this is setting up a starter template for uh, writing. So in Ableton, you can do this by going to your preferences and you can actually set up 
um, that whenever you open a new Ableton session, it has everything preset. So you can have all your rever- your reverbs ready to go, um, a delay ready to go on a send so that those are consistent. And then like what I would do is have a sampler plug in on a MIDI track ready to drop in a sample. So if you like to work that way, so that way, if you can, if you want to change kicks out really quick or snares out really quick or hi-hats out really quick, easy to do. Um, and then you could also set up something like contact, right? You can set up uh, a contact, a couple instances of contact so that if you need to go grab pads real quick or a drum kit or whatever you might need, um, contact is generic enough that you can just go do that. Um, I would probably have like, my labs plug in on a channel ready to go because I use it for a lot of pads. I use the soft piano for a lot of different stuff. Um, I use it for some noise generation. Uh, they have some really cool like ambient sound things uh, and their strings and choir libraries are really great, but I would probably, I use it, for, like I said, I use it for a bunch of different stuff. So I would probably have that on a track on its own, maybe two instances of that. And then maybe three or four instances of contact. Uh, and you can even just label it. Contact one, contact two, contact three. Uh, if you have a plugin that you generally use for bass, I know me and Josh tend to use Sublab a whole lot for basses. So I would just have you know, Sublab on a MIDI track. And that way, when you open up Ableton, or you can do this in Pro Tools as well, open up your, your template, it opens up and everything is ready to go and you're ready to write. And you don't have to worry about it. And in combination with you doing the samples folder and also the starter templates, you can get started a lot quicker. So let's say you're you're implementing the first three things. You know, you've learned your shortcuts, you have your favorites, sample folder and other stuff ready to go. And also your starter template. So you open up your project, your new project, everything's ready to go. You know exactly where all of your synths are ready to go. And then you start you start going through, you know, whatever you're going to make for that day. Start going through your samples. You start dragging and dropping them in and you're off to the races immediately. You're not having to do any setup. All the setup's been done before time. So you're kind of taking all of that out of your brain and eliminating the, I don't know, eliminating the ability or the need to have to go do the setup time instead of getting straight to the creativity while you have that fresh in your brain. Um, I think that'll save you a lot of time as far as, and it'll, it'll save you time in, in ways that like, not, not necessarily, it'll make you faster, sure, but it'll save you time in the sense of you won't get lost trying to find things. You won't get lost going down rabbit holes or things like that. Uh, and every now and again, something that I like to do, throw like a wildcard plugin in your either your sample either your folders or um or on your template say this one's really cool i'm going to put it in my template for right now um and see how it works and see if it becomes part of it you know maybe it doesn't maybe it does and just take it out when if you decide you don't want it and then replace it with something else that way you're kind of constantly shifting what you're using at least a little bit but you're not completely changing your template every single time. It's just more of like a, oh, I think this is a cool, 
I think this might be a cool addition to my template, not necessarily something that I want to use all the time. Let's give it a shot. Um, and it, you know, like I said, it keeps it keeps you fresh, keeps you trying new stuff, which is always good. Uh, and then, so that's number three, starter templates. And those first three really work together. And this fourth one is something that I am pretty terrible at and I'm trying to get better at. Now, I honestly made this to remind myself that this is something that I need to do. Um, that is ration your phone time. Uh, so in the sense of getting your phone away from you, which is really, really hard uh, when, especially uh, if you're like me and you're in the Apple ecosystem, I have an iPad, I have a you know a MacBook, I have an iPhone. Um, I don't have Apple Watch or anything like that, so it's a little less distracting from that. But I find it really hard to not look at stuff because my text messages go through on all of my devices. My emails go through on all my devices. So I tend to keep those things open behind stuff. So as I try not to look at them uh, because they don't necessarily pop up, maybe using things like focus mode that's on your phone, which is a huge deal. And that will prevent stuff from breaking your concentration because it's in focus. So you can put like a work focus mode and allow certain people to text you or allow certain people to call you at certain times. Um, make sure you're setting those up with like important people really. And that's kind of it. Um, muting group chats has been a huge thing for me. So just like putting them on do not disturb and that way you can still see the notifications, but it's not necessarily something that you're going to be looking at all the time. You're not going to be getting those little, you know, top third of the video or screen or whatever kind of, you know, so-and-so said this in this group chat and then a bunch of text that might completely distract you from the project you're working on. Um, I think that removing your phone entirely from you honestly is like a great way i've been uh behind me uh, over here if you're watching you can see that there is a chair you see the little arm of the chair right there i actually keep i've been starting to keep my phone over there plugged in you know so it's charging or whatnot and it's over there so that if i need to take a phone call or anything um, i just throw in my airpods and i connect to it and go i can have a conversation or whatever stays charging over there, keeps it out of the way, keeps prevents me from doing things like scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or anything like that. And I don't think the removing aspect just kind of mentally keeps me, keeps me right here where I need to be rather than trying to always be texting people back and always, you know, be scrolling through stuff and getting completely thrown off from whatever I was working on. And then my inspiration's gone. And then it's kind of hard to, you know, get that back as you all know. So, but yeah, uh, number four, ration phone time. Um, and I'm not saying never use phones or anything like that. I'm saying have designated phone time. Something my wife is starting to do with us is um, about five o'clock in the day we have started like trying to not use our phones as much so that way we could focus, you know, on family time. And then it's seven o'clock or something around there. We pick it back up and then we check our stuff. 
for me, I've been trying to not use my phone uh, as much in the mornings. And then I do a lot of my email checking and responding and things like that in the afternoon around or around lunchtime. Uh, I'll do a lot of my posting before I start work, like in the more like uh, eight o'clock in the morning, but not before I do my um, journaling and my morning routine that I normally do. So I just kind of have like specific pockets of time where I'm trying to check my phone rather than like constantly being on it. Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts though. So that tends to keep me closer to my phone and I probably need to figure out a better system to do that. But I will say like even just removing it from my person and putting it over back over here while I'm working does tend to keep me a lot more focused and in the zone and you know, ADHD people, you'll get me on this, but it keeps you in that hyper-focused mode of being so in that the world kind of disappears around you. So, uh, and then I know, especially when you're in that zone and you get that broken, it's really hard to get back into it. I totally get that. So uh, yeah, number four, ration phone time. So we'll go through all of them as a recap really quick. The four ways to work faster in any DAW is one, learn shortcuts in your DAW. Maybe write it down uh, if you find that you're using one a lot and put it right next to you and quickly start memorizing those. Number two, favorites and samples folder. Some DAWs have this built in, like Ableton and Cubase, and then some don't. Um, so use things like the Finder window, or uh, if you're a Windows person, you could create favorites folders on your uh, left side and you can have uh, subcategories of things and you can quickly access your samples there that way. Uh, or you can use things like the Splice application and build out all of your favorites inside Splice. Number three, starter templates. Uh, there are certain ways to do this in different DAWs, but all DAWs you can create templates in. So don't create something so specific that it's going to keep you locked into a sound regardless of genre. Create something that's a little more generic by bypassing all of your plugins whenever it's open. That way you can start from the raw tracks if you're mixing. And if you're on the more production side, try to rotate stuff occasionally. Uh, create like your more generic ones, like two or three different instances of contact, two or three instances of Spitfire Labs. Um, a sampler so that you can drop in different kicks and snare sounds so you can quickly audition those and not have to, with your song and not have to worry about dropping them in the window and then re completely replacing them if they don't work out. And then also throwing in a wild card every now and again to keep you on it. Uh, so that way you're trying new plugins and staying fresh and constantly keeping you on your toes and things like that. And then number four, ration your phone time. Try to do something like maybe take your phone and put it somewhere else. Uh, use things like focus mode. Use things like uh, muting or do not disturbing certain phone uh, people or people uh, that might be trying to text you a lot or group chats that tend to just like spiral out of control whenever you know one person starts talking and then everybody starts talking at the same time and it's really hard to you know, concentrate and when you're invested in the conversation. So just mute all that. 
put it beside you or away from you, not in a non-visible place next to you. And then um, it'll keep you focused right here on what you're trying to do. So yeah, those are the four things. Learn shortcuts, favorite samples folder, starter templates, and ration phone time. So uh, yeah, hope you guys learned, got something from that. That's something that I've been kind of working on. It was a post that I made that I was like, ah, I think this would deserve uh, its kind of own shortish episode to kind of deep dive on these specific topics. Uh, if you got anything from this and you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and give it a like or and subscribe to the channel. And if you are listening to this on podcast form, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts because it helps everybody find us a little better, puts us a little higher in search terms and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we just want to help people grow. We want to help people make better and learn from our mistakes, uh, make better music, that kind of thing. Not trying to do anything big, honestly. Like it's just about trying to help people as much as possible and help people start a little more ahead than what we started when we were having to trial and error a bunch of stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you got anything from it, give it a, a share to somebody, subscribe on the podcast app of wherever you're listening to this, and feel free to leave us a review. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming and listening today and we will see you next week with a really great interview see you later